T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Look, I think the best phrase is simple. It ain't working. The Mark Reardon Show. All of this woke world that we're living in right now is not working. Why are you guys bullying me? Mark Reardon. Say, presidents can't do much. I'm done. Do what you want. Pull the plug. This is the Mark Reardon Show. I think I liked it better when we uh, we had Monday off. Wasn't that last week we had Monday off? Yeah. Or was that two weeks ago? I don't know. It was, I think it was, it was so last nice. Monday. Was it last Monday? I, I think so it was, too. I, I really so. do. But we're going to have a full week this week, and we're going to end the week, I think, in fine fashion, not to get too far ahead of ourselves because we haven't even started the week, <laughs> but we're going to give you details. we got Fish Fry Fridays coming up here as we... Uh, as we go to St. Stephen's in Holly Hills. And we'll get back to that in a second. Let me just start because we're going to talk about a fair amount of stuff that's depressing and, you know, stress-ridden and things along those lines. Let's maybe just start real quick here with the positive. Hagman for the win. Hagman got the win. St. Louis back-to-back comeback thrillers. So we'll talk about the Battle Hawks a little bit later. Obviously, that game was last week, but we're going to get into baseball and the Battle Hawks here with um, with some coverage this afternoon. Kusamano will be here at 445. You know what else is going on is uh, Jennings will be here with us from spring training. One of our chief political correspondents, Ooh. as I've pointed out many times in the past, is also a uh, is a huge, huge Cardinals fan, and he's down there in Jupiter. He was texting me over the weekend, and he requested to come on. Usually it's us requesting things to come on, but in That's this particular hilarious. case, yeah, so he, he's there at the game right now. The Cardinals, I think, are beating the Nationals 12-5, to 5, so it's a great... Great start. So a little bit of sports, sports, and I, I know people probably uh, felt the uh, the excitement from the Battlehawks on Friday. We talked about it a little bit. There were games over the weekend too, and I did tune into a couple of them, but they didn't seem quite as thrilling as our St. Louis Battlehawks. And then the um, the other thing from the weekend was the uh, the soccer win, right? Yeah, did that you was watch pretty it? cool. No, I couldn't figure out where it was. No, it was where on was Apple it? TV? Well, that's, that's why. why. Yeah. And I'm that, never going to be able to watch it. So, Sue, I will tell you, you know, I'm not the biggest soccer enthusiast. I didn't watch really too much of the – I watched the beginning part of the game. Well, this is probably a lie because I saw them score. They went up in the game 1-0, as we say in the uh, football world. <laughs> yes, well. you're very hip. And then they let a goal in last couple of minutes of the half. They go into halftime, and then I kind of stopped watching. I was doing some other stuff. But they came back, and they won that game. So that's pretty exciting. That's because awesome. I think even Matt Pauly or somebody talked about this – I think it was Kusumano on Friday, where uh, a lot of 
people had predicted, you know, the so-called experts that they're going to finish maybe last. But that's a great, great start for this new St. Louis SC team. All right. Um, a couple hours ago, as I was heading into work, Steve Butts called me. He's going to be there on Friday on the Route Table panel. Lives right there in the Holly Hills area. Love but it. he was calling me because he went to the arraignment today for Daniel Riley. Daniel Riley, of course, is the... Uh, the man accused of speeding downtown, crashing into uh, this young lady who lost her legs, Janae Edmondson of Tennessee, last week. So when Steve started telling me some of this stuff, I thought, well, I stop. I stopped him at that point. I said, let's talk about it on the air. One of the things that is um, relevant here is that Steve and his family lost their sister in a brutal murder and a crime years ago. Steve, how are you this afternoon? You went to this hearing in person, right? I did, Mark. You know, this... Uh this whole incident, I know it's rocked the nation. It's certainly rocked the city. Certainly it will forever rock the Edmondson family. But it just, you know, it hit too close to home for me, reopened up a bunch of old wounds because the guy that killed my sister should not have been out. And it was a breakdown. And so this just hit home, and I'm just not letting go of it. So I saw that the arraignment for the uh, to let him have bond and get back out again that hearing was today in the Carnahan courthouse, so I went there. He was denied bond, thankfully, but I was most moved, most, most moved by the uh, family's impact statement delivered to the judge. The greatness of her father and mother cannot be overstated enough. Mm. Her father stood there before the judge, and you could tell his military training has more than kicked in because he was very composed, articulate, laid out exactly what happened. I was really struck by somehow he doesn't even know how it happened. You know, a miracle man just showed up right in that immediate second because they were desperate for another belt, and some stranger just takes off his belt. And he had all this military training. That's what saved his daughter's life. And he's telling this guy, you know, you hang on to this belt with all your might. That's the only thing that's keeping her alive right now. And then the mother spoke. And you can imagine a mother seeing her child go through that. The sorrow and agony coming out of that woman was, you know, really more than than any family should have to bear. So I was. Glad they were relieved. The judge denied bond, and, you know, there'll be another hearing in, in April. But that's I just needed to see it with my own eyes and hear it with my own ears. You know, oh, it, it is such a tough situation. I mentioned on uh, on Friday, I, I know the officer, Steve, who rolled up one of the first people on that scene and said, yeah, definitively that that dad saved his daughter's life, knowing what he knew about some of the, um, you know, application of the tourniquet, the medical training that he had. So thank goodness he was there. The situation with Daniel Riley is, is interesting to me from this perspective. Somebody pointed this out to me last week. This is a guy who should have been behind bars. He's charged with first-degree robbery and armed criminal action. But he also, and and this is where it gets, I don't know how we comment on this or how we fix some of these things, Steve. He's got three children younger than four years old. And one of the uh, stories reporting on him, he worked for Panera for about a year until last June. He's been unemployed. But in November, he moved to a home in Shrewsbury. You know why he moved to the home in Shrewsbury? Because the home that he was living in was getting shot up by violent criminals. So how about that for irony? Jeez. 
Yeah, holy cow, because he's just a kid, you know. I mean, you know, he's just a kid. I had no idea he had three kids of his own. He's only like 21 or right, 22. Right, right. So the difference of him being a father and Janae Edmondson's father, you couldn't be more different. I just, I mean, there's so many questions, right? How does he get an Audi? Who gave him the car? I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep sending some emails and calling. There's just more more to the story, but I got to go back to if the circuit attorney's office would have been prepared for the first court hearing back last summer, you'd like to think, you know, he should have been in jail for if, if they convicted him. And I mean, he's innocent until he's proven guilty, but that didn't happen. And I'm sure there's several other breakdowns along the way, but at least today I felt like, and then I'm just going to say, I, I was able to hold the door open of the courtroom while the parents walked out. I shook the dad's hand. I said, you don't know me from the man in the moon, but there's a lot of people praying for you and loving your family. And he just said, I appreciate that more than I could say. And his daughter, he bragged on his daughter. It, I think she's the kind of human being. And, you know, look down at your own legs. When I was at church yesterday, I'm looking at my legs saying, how would I feel if somebody just chopped them off? You know, I mean, for no reason like that. But she's the kind of kid that I think she's going to make it, Sue and Mark, if you know what I mean. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the kind of strength she has. And her mother said she's not clearly she's beautiful on the outside, but she's more beautiful on the inside. So, you know, maybe in time, I know my family can say, you know, when you're going through it, you think this nightmare will never end. But, you know, thank God the nightmares do end. But this young lady has a lifetime of challenges in front of her, but she appears to be the kind of blessed human being that will be able to overcome it. So I hope so. Yeah, I think we all do. State Representative Steve Butts is with us. Were there a lot of people at that hearing today? Sadly not, Mark. There was family members from Janae's. I I thought, you know, it'd be this packed courtroom that the fan, you know, that the all of our region would be concerned about it and all that, but that no, heck no. I mean, maybe 15 people, something like that total. What would you say, uh, Steve, we haven't talked to you since last week, so what do you say uh, after Kim's response the other day and, and everything that's going on with the Attorney General? What's your reaction to that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm super committed to doing whatever I can do, so if it's going to take the special prosecutor, which... I voted no on that because we stripped out the gun part, but that's before this happened. And I'm a strong yes now, and there's a lot more people that are going to be strong yeses, I believe. On that, I, it came to light that we don't have a recall provision for the circuit attorney. I'm, I'm, I was like, how can that be? So hopefully we'll get that as well. The press conference was unbelievably I, 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 there's no words to describe that press conference, and I can only hope that somebody that's got Kim Gardner's ear for the good of the city, for the for just the good of justice, they could get her to just resign. It would certainly go a long way, I think, in maybe helping things here. Just so it's going to take a lot of different tools, but there's several tools in the toolbox. I, you know, I listened to the AG on the lawsuit he's bringing. I, I wish him the best of luck. I, it appears that's a heavy lift. And I just know that I've said it many times, elections have consequences. And um, all of us have to take, I think, 
both as candidates who run and people who vote for candidates, we've got to take this way more serious than we have for a long time. I agree, Steve. And I also wanted to say thank you for going to that event and for making that comment to the parents. Uh, I just really appreciate it. It's a nice thing for you to do. Uh, it was I had to do it. I just had to do it. Many, 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 many people reached out to us in our hour of hour, I shouldn't say an hour, our year or two of a nightmare that we lived. And it, it meant a lot. I know you think strangers saying stuff to you like they're sorry and they're praying for you and you're in our thoughts. It it does mean a lot when you're going through it, you know, so. Well, good job. Fact, yeah. Friday will be more fun. Right? Yes, yes. Good job, Stephen. That kind of we, we can use this as an opportunity because we are taking the roundtable on the uh, road. Steve will be on that panel because he's within walking distance, as is Sue, <laughs> to St. Stephen's in uh, in Holly Hills. We're going to do the roundtable. we got the 4 o'clock hour live out there. And then George Gray from The Price is Right is going to swing in for a little field trip. We're going to do The Price is Wrong, Steve, out there and eat a bunch of great fish. So we will uh, have a good week. Let us know if anything else develops that you think is of interest. And we'll see you on Friday, okay? I will for positive. Thanks, Mark. All right, Thanks, take care. Uh, that's State Representative Steve Butts. Uh, you know, what do you say, right? It's just, and it is one of those things that sort of pushed into the weekend with people continuing to talk about this, Sue. Somebody told me that on Friday about the three children, and it's just one of those things where you think, when you bring something like that up in this context, you're deemed racist. Well, I'm, yeah. deemed, I'm deemed racist all the time. It doesn't even matter. But let's face it. The, the question's about how did he get a car. I was told that the mom maybe got the car for him. There's no accountability whatsoever in families. Now, did he have a father? I, I don't know. Like, will these kids have a father? They will not. Doesn't sound like he, I'm sure he loves his kids, and it sounds like he was trying to do the right thing to get him out of the hail of gunfire, but how you can... You know, not understand that you're part of the problem as well. That's crazy. In this situation. Yeah, I, I don't get it. So we're off and running here. And unfortunately, we got a little momentum from the uh, the sad story from last week. And we'll continue to talk about it. Coming up, I've been trying to pin down Selena Zito for a while. She's a columnist for the New York Post and the Washington Examiner. And she... Um, She's actually a reporter who travels around and does things. So she's been to Florida recently talking about uh, DeSantis or trying to find out about DeSantis. She was in East Palestine at the train wreck. So we'll talk to her about that. Some really amazing reporting. I saw one of her pieces and read it uh, last week. So we wanted to get Selena on the air. John Davis will be back with us this afternoon. I've never had John, I think, on. Brad Young uses him. He's a former federal prosecutor, criminal defense attorney. We got back into the situation with Kim Gardner. Also, the Murdoch trial, which I think has been sort of quiet today, Sue. Have you noticed oh, anything? Oh, I haven't seen anything about it. They didn't put much up earlier, so I don't even know where that is if if he's still testifying because they're going to get to closing arguments pretty soon. I mentioned the, um, the soccer win. The Blues traded away not only Ryan O'Reilly last week, but Barbashev got dealt over the weekend. So we'll get with Frank Cusimano on that and uh, a whole bunch more. I mentioned Scott Jennings as well. CNN political contributor, former special assistant to President Bush and one of our 97.1 FM Talk political insiders here on St. Louis's home for conservative talk, Selena. It's coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So you'll notice throughout the week when I am promoting the Fish Fry Friday, we're going to do a series of these. I don't have the final lineup yet. The first one will be at St. Stephen's on Friday. You'll notice that I won't say that second word. What's the second word? Proto-martyr. Yeah, I can't say that word. Because <laughs> I, I, I always say it wrong. <laughs> so you, you will not find a pattern of the, uh, well, the parishes in time. Just tire. pause and I'll say that. All right, good. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to be fun, and I, I, I really can't wait, and there's a lot of excitement. We encourage people to come out and see. We'll be there for three hours live on Friday, including a Price is Wrong with George Gray, live in the 5 o'clock hour. A uh, lot still to come. We have Sue's News in the next hour. Also, Frank Cusimano, John Davis, former federal prosecutor. We'll get back into the Kim Gardner situation and the uh, the Murdoch trial. One thing I, you know, I was asking myself uh, live on the air, hey, what's happening with that today? And I did forget, pointed out by radio veteran Brad, Brad Hillebrand, that they're taking a, a field trip today. I think the jury's going to the site oh, that's of the murder. Right. That does Ooh. happen from time to time. Selena Zito is back with us this afternoon. Columnist for the New York Post and the Washington Examiner. You can find her on Substack as well. She's done outstanding reporting on a variety of things recently, including East Palestine, which is, I think, where we're going to start. Selena, how are you? Welcome back. Oh, I mean, you were talking about my favorite subject, fish fries. Oh, we love them here. Um, so it's like my second favorite time of the year next to Thanksgiving, Christmas season. I did a story about fish fries last year, and the only two places that in this country that do not do fish fries are New York City and Washington, D.C. What? Of course. Why? I don't know. They're parishes. I mean, a, a lot of these are faith-based, so they're down at, at parishes, but are also down at you know volunteer fire departments and 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 then restaurants, right? That's sort of the order of the way that goes, but not in D.C. and New York. Interesting. Well, we we love them around here. You're invited to any of our Friday fish fries. We'll put you on for the entire show. Come on in. You travel all the time. In fact, let's kind of segue here. You went to East Palestine. What the hell is going on? You know, the one thing from um, this perspective in the middle of the country, St. Louis, not not as far away from East Palestine as some places, but it was rather curious in those first couple of weeks of February that this thing was not getting a lot of attention. There were some pictures that were out on Twitter that looked very harrowing, and then a lot of attention built after that. And some pressure on Mayor Pete, but you went to East Palestine recently, didn't you? Well, I mean, I've, I've been there actually for weeks. Um, uh, East Palestine is um, not even an hour from my house, uh, and it's it's where my uh, great grandparents are from, and where my mother spent her summers as a girl. Oh, I didn't know that. A sweet little town looks like something right out of a Hallmark movie. Uh, never one of those Rust Belt towns that sort of fell to decay because of its proximity to the city of Pittsburgh and the airport, the, uh, Pittsburgh's airport, there were a lot of people 
liked the rural life there and they stayed there, the quiet street, you know, tree lined streets, the, the quaint houses. Um, so they would live there, um, but they would, you know, commute. Um, there's also a lot of small businesses there. Um, so it has always been a very, you know, sweet sort of idyllic life in East Palestine. Um, and, you know, I've been there since the beginning and it has been, absolutely devastating in the beginning there was very little coverage as to your point um, i don't know what triggered people starting paying attention but i'm so glad that they did you know these people's lives are changed forever this is an enormous loss they have lost fortune and i don't mean that they have the you know overtly wealthy i mean but they're not going to be able to sell their homes you remember, nobody's going to buy a house in Palestine. Not for a while. Uh, no, and they're not going to be able to. Um, their health is at risk. I mean, I have had a headache for weeks just being there. You really have. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, how you were a- after being there. By the way, in, in a situation like this, not that this still isn't important, but when we talk about hurricanes and some of the other natural disasters, sometimes they only affect um, a small portion of the area and you know, the rest of it's fine. But in East Palestine, it's so small. I'm guessing you're talking about the entire area, right? The entire town of 4,700. But we're also, I think this is not being discussed about. That's on the state line. There are, are little towns and, and townships uh, right across the state line in, in Pennsylvania. Darlington comes to mind, Negley, um, in Beaver County, where they, these, um, uh, these are downstream of, of Sulphur Run, of, of uh, the, the, the creek that, uh, that, that the water, that the, um, the railment spilled into. I mean, I was walking through there the, uh, I don't even know what day it is anymore. What day is it, Monday? It is. <laughs> Good question, though. I was though. walking through there on Saturday with waders and a gas mask on. I mean, the, that creek is just just filled with, with, with chemicals. Let me juxtapose a couple of uh, statements from the federal government for you and see what your reaction is. Here's the first one. It's not a lab leak. You're crazy if you think it is. Here's the next one. The water's fine. Your headaches are your imagination. Essentially, that's what we're hearing. Right. This is no different than how the federal government has handled, um, think about 9-11, okay? Think about all the uh, first responders, the firefighters, the emergency responders, the police officers who were in cleaning out that building, who were trying to rescue people. How many of them have died from cancer since then? And the government told them that it was fine. Think about all the people in Flint, Michigan, where the government told them their water is fine. It's completely safe safe to drink. This is, you know, uh, the the trust in in government. And and, and it's going to be months before we really understand, possibly years before we really understand the environmental and health risk posed by um, um, vinyl chloride, which is a known carcinogen. Um, uh, the impact that it's going to have in the water, under soil, um, in 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 the um, in in the very air that they breathe. So, what's the deal with with FEMA and them? What is there something I'm missing? Because obviously, these big bureaucracies are set up for very particular reasons. But is there some sort of interpretation that FEMA doesn't have any authority here? 
Um, uh, I think originally Biden did not send FEMA. He sent the EPA. Um, eventually, he did send FEMA. I think that um, the EPA has been Johnny on the spot. They've been there. Uh, un- unfortunately, I think one of the most sort of tragic things to come out of this is President Biden's decision to not go to East Palestine. And it is coming across as a political decision, even if it's not meant that way, um, because, you know, it, it, he's, you know, it, it, it just totally befuddles me because Joe Biden's greatest gift is his empathy, right? Uh, we have seen him in different situations where he can be very empathetic. Um, in his years as a U.S. senator uh, and even as vice president and that he and, and, and Donald Trump did go there, you know, is not known for being empathetic. He is known, though, for showing up. And it, it, it's just astounding to me that 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 President Biden has made this decision. And then he makes this flip remark saying, uh, you know, no, I'm not going. Um, I did. Uh, a Zoom, he was, you know, a Zoom call. Then he refers to Aretha Franklin's song, Who's Zooming Who? And and just... Oh, gosh, I missed that oh one. Oh, my. Man. Oh, no, no, no. It should be, it should be up shortly. Um, uh, if people go to SelenaZero.com, they can see it. But even then, I called around to all the state and local officials, including the mayor of East Palestine. He's like, I didn't do a Zoom call with Biden. Uh, the White House has not answered me yet as to who was on this Zoom call, but state and local officials have told me they weren't. That's interesting. Now, in the piece, you refer to that mayor and something he sent on on Fox because you draw this parallel between the president releasing a fact sheet about the accident and, you know, tweeting about it, not really addressing it head on. And then he's in Kiev uh, last week on this day. Now, I-, I think that there are some people even on the conservative Republican side saying, well, look, we can do both at the same time. But the problem is we're not really doing both at the same time. And I think that there are legitimate questions to be asked. This is where government has a role. I don't know if you'd find a lot of opposition from people in this country. If you say we're going to spend billions of dollars to help these people in this particular community because it's a terrible disaster and some of them might die and now they don't have homes, right? As opposed to sending billions and billions to Ukraine over and over and over with a very questionable ROI. I think that people in East Palestine just want someone to show up and say they they care and we have your back. They just want that. And I don't think that's too much to ask. Uh, It's not even, it, it will eventually be about the money, but right now, because he's not showing up, it it he is causing this to become political. Well, Mayor Pete was there. Come on. Mayor Pete you was know, there, Selena. You know, and, and that in itself was, first of all, three weeks too late. And second of all, you know, he turned it into politics the minute he started answering questions. These people don't want to talk about politics. They could care less. This is not political to them. No, it shouldn't be. But unfortunately, for the Biden has turned it into to politics. At this point, these the people that live in East Palestine are saying, "Well, 
I guess they really meant it when they called us bitter Bible clingers. I guess they really meant it when they called us deplorables. I guess they really meant it when Biden called us a threat to democracy. Let me um, let me turn to politics just a little bit, because you mentioned President Trump was there. Were you there when he was in town in East Palestine and any reaction to that? I where he was. Okay. Uh, How did that go, in your opinion? I mean, it went it went fine. He walked around. He did an assessment. He walked around with local leaders, um, handled out bottled water, um, you know, in in, and, you know, I mean, he, he. Obviously, he has no authority there. Um, however, showing up is is what people want right now. Right. There's no people doubt about want that. You to see how bad it is. This is like this is like losing a family member. You. It, it's really hard to describe unless you're there. But these people's lives are never the same. They are never the same. Everything that was important to them is gone. Even the local schools that they play, the kids play basketball against and soccer against, won't come to there and won't play against their kids. That's unbelievable. Yeah, see, those are things you don't even think about, right? That that is stunning. They don't want to buy their milk from their dairy. Right. And this is dairy country. They don't want to buy the meat from their cattle. Okay, they don't want to buy their plants. Yeah, and feel uh, and this is there. this is why I understand what you're saying. Where they just feel like they're hung out here, and nobody cares yeah, about that's them, right? It. Yeah, that that is absolutely. It's heartbreaking. Like it's so heartbreaking. And I'm not going to let go of this story. I am staying there. Well, good for you. I do have to drag you back into politics here just briefly because I know you were in Florida as well. And let me know what you were doing. Were you focusing on DeSantis down there? Or what were you doing down in Florida? I had the first interview with um, Governor DeSantis. Uh, it was over an hour and 40 minutes long. I broke it up into three stories because I think it was um, I think it would have gotten lost um, in just one story. Uh, Y'all can go to SelenaZito.com and check them out. Uh, but I spent um, I spent a lot of time with him. We walked around his hometown uh, and uh, met with with his, you know, not with his family, but just went to the places where where he's from and what formed him. And. uh Impressions. I mean, obviously, it, you, I don't know if you asked him directly because it appears as if he's going to run for the White House. But right now, he's just sort of paying attention to his job in Florida and some of these other issues nationally and not taking the bait from Trump, Selena. Is that accurate, you think? <laughs> that is absolutely true. He is not. He he is probably the most insulting thing to do to Donald Trump is just not rise to the bait. Uh, and he's not doing that. He's focused on his. Um, um, on his job, on his legislative session. I think he wants to be able to get a lot of things done to show his his chops as someone who is a good chief executive and someone who can govern while being a conservative. And, um, and I don't think you will see an announcement from him if he announces until June. Did you talk, did you have any opportunity when you were down there? Because I know you go out and you talk to real people, which is one of the things I love about you. But when I talk to people who, we have a pretty big Florida contingency in the St. Louis area who owns, you know, own homes and condos down there. And even some of the uh, the Democrats that I know are pretty complimentary of the job that DeSantis has done in Florida as governor. Yeah, I mean, you don't win by 20 percentage points by not getting a healthy dose of Democrat support. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you just find across the board 
that voters are happy and pleased with the job he's done. And um, and they may not love everything that he does, but for the most part, believe that he is doing the best for their state. And and that right now, I mean, that ultimately is the most important thing when you are governing a state as big as Florida, the kind of state that has natural disasters like a hurricane. I mean, when in our lifetime has there been a catastrophic hurricane? And we didn't talk about it four days after it happened. Never. Absolutely right. never. You know, you asked what turned the table. You know, one of the things that I saw what might have turned the table in that is when, when that big, that picture of that big, you know, cloud of smoke went up there and started to get retweeted over and over again. That seemed to really change the uh, the direction of the coverage. Oh, in East Palestine, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about Florida. No, no, I know. I guess I was going back to that just because in Florida we have all this buildup and then you got the cameras on site and everything. In East Palestine, it happened, and then you didn't have enough immediate pictures. And then once you got that, I don't know what they did to, you know, do some of the burnoff, which is what DeWine talked about, then that big plume of smoke gets out there, and and that's when people start paying attention. So I apologize. I was kind of circling circling back to that. What is your opinion of everyone else getting in this race? There's new polling that shows that Trump still has a bit of a lead over DeSantis in the rest of the field. You got Nikki Haley getting in, uh, Vivek, uh, a bunch of others. It seems like this is going to be a repeat of what happened in 2016 with a huge field. I don't think the field's going to get that huge. I think you're going to see maybe two or three more people, and I don't think it's going to exceed six, um, maybe seven, but nothing bigger than that, and that's much better than 17. Absolutely. Selena Zito, you can find all that work. I have to go pick through those pieces. I did not realize you wrote several pieces on DeSantis. That's the host's fault, Selena, so I apologize uh, yeah, for that. And I, and I interviewed um, Nick Haley in South Carolina and Vivek, Uh, in Columbus, Ohio. We're going to check it out. SelenaZito.com. You have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, kind of circling back on the East Palestine issue, when I read Selena's piece, which is outstanding, and I have to go back and read the uh, the interviews that she did with DeSantis and with Nikki Haley, et cetera, and with Vivek. But, uh, you know, there are people that live there, they don't trust anything that they're being told, and for good reason. Let me give you an example here. So the Energy Department comes out this weekend and says, you know, it looks like this whole COVID thing originated with a leak from a Chinese lab. And now Republicans are calling for more investigations into that. They're actually, I think, have to be. And I don't know why anyone would oppose that. But listen to this. This is what we heard in the past. And I've said this before. I feel stupid because I think we made so many different mistakes throughout the course of the last few years, especially at the very beginning of the pandemic when we were locking people down and forcing them to do this and forcing them to do that. And then, you know, some of that might have been at least somewhat understanding understandable from the perspective is that we um we didn't know what we were facing right some of that was new but then once we found out what we were facing the real information didn't get out on the lab leak thing in particular this was the coverage a conspiracy theory going around that the coronavirus originated and was perhaps man-made inside a lab in china and then there's this theory widely debunked This paper from two Chinese researchers that says it is plausible that the virus leaked accidentally from one of two labs near the Wuhan seafood market. This question about the Wuhan lab, we know that it's been debunked that this virus was man-made or modified or anything like that. Just weeks ago, Dr. Anthony Fauci rejected the conspiracy. Well, this goes on and on and on, right? I mean, there wasn't any media. And if you dared say something, remember, they were pulling people down from Twitter. If you said something that was deemed inappropriate and uh, 
fake news, which now in the end was was real news. Mark Thiessen on Fox. The media didn't just downplay this. They made fun of people who said this was this was a possibility. They dismissed it. They canceled people. They canceled people over it. And they were dead, dead wrong. Why did they do that? I think the reason is, is because at the time it was the 2020 election and any effort to blame China was seen as an effort to deflect against a blame again from Donald Trump. And so they were not going to go along with anything. It was political. And if you look at the polls, the polls show that confidence in the media has absolutely plummeted. In, in 1977, 71 percent of Americans had a great deal of or a good level of trust in the media. It's down to 7 percent now. Look, I don't know that there's another situation, and this is pretty sad, that could come along and anyone could have faith in what we're being told by the media or the government because the media is not skeptical anymore. They don't ask questions that they should ask. They just accept the information that's given to them by the government. That's not the way journalism is supposed to work, but that's the way it works in in the modern era here in um, in this country. Climate change is a good example of that. This is a great example. Oh, we don't have any. We're not going to look what the L.A. Times did when it comes to climate change and some of these other publications. Settled science. This is settled science. Let's talk about a little settled science with the transgender issue, because now you have a. Um, British organization and the medical journal that comes out and says, uh, no, this is not settled sinus. Uh, the, uh, I'll see here. They report on this. I had to pull this up here. The British Medical Journal reports that the entire field remains controversial from medical and scientific perspectives just in the nick of time. Identifying as transgender is a social contagion that's consuming an increasing number of American youth. That's actually reports from the National Review. They they were editorializing there. But here's what the, the study in English showed. More adolescents with no history of gender dysphoria, predominantly birth-registered females. You can match all of this up with the whistleblower report from WashU, by the way. Everything matches up. Are presenting at gender clinics. A recent analysis of insurance claims by Komodo Health found that nearly 18,000 U.S. minors began taking puberty blockers or hormones, hormones rather, from 2017 to 2021, with the number rising each year. Surveys aiming to measure prevalence have found that about 2% of high school-aged teens identify as transgender. These young people are also more likely than their cisgender peers to have concurrent mental health and neurodiverse conditions. In the U.S., although Medicaid coverage varies from state to state, the Biden administration has warned states that not covering care is in violation of federal law prohibiting discrimination. Meantime, the number of private clinics that focus on providing hormones and surgeries has grown from just a few a decade ago than more than 100 today. I have this interview that was in Politico that sort of ties into this. I also have some great audio from South Park that I don't have time to play right now. But on the um, the J.K. Rowling type of coverage when it comes to this. I really do have some good stuff. And there is a uh, there's a political piece about a state senator. And I don't know where he's from. He's a gay state senator. Greg Razor is his name. He's the only openly gay member of the Missouri State Senate. And one of the reasons that he has taken opposition to some of the bills that are being introduced in Jeff City when it comes to, you know, transgender issues relating to sports, et cetera, is he says, look, nothing to see here. There's like five kids who identify as transgender who might be um, covered under this particular law. Well, wait a second. If if that's the case, first of all, I don't believe that. Then why are these numbers exploding at such a large rate overseas, in other countries, and here in the U.S.? Again, if you read the uh, the report from the British Medical Journal and that organization, it does match up with a lot what we're hearing here with the whistleblower report. Three fifty five. We got Sue's news coming up after the top of the hour. Get more at ninety seven one talk dot com. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.